when I start, like when I'm talking to clients or talking to potential clients, I don't talk about the nuts and bolts. I don't talk about this is the structure we're going to make. I don't talk much about, hey, we're going to set up this process and this. I tell them, I talk to them about outcomes. The outcome will be you can take a vacation for a couple of weeks and your business will have grown in your absence. The outcome will be your, um, your administrative assistant will know exactly what's going on with your customer service reps and vice versa, and they can communicate freely. Your outcome will be, hey, you're about to have 10 more hours freed up in your week because you don't have to do all these things anymore. And that's something that I had to learn. That was another thing that I had to learn in the process. It's like, if I can talk to them about the outcome and help them focus on the result, getting there is getting there. That's where our structure can come in. But I want their mind on the outcome. I want yeah. their mind on the results. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen, the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. From the doctor saving lives at your local hospital, the war veteran down the street who risked his life for our freedom, to the police officers and the firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur, the creator, the producer, the ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks on the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence so you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Richard Matthews. And today I am live on the line with Brandon Turner. Brandon, are you there? Yes, I am. Awesome. So glad to have you here, Brandon. I know you're calling in from Oklahoma, which is cool. We've been there on our travels. Um, for those of you who've been following along with our podcast, My Wife and I's Travels, we are currently up in Maine um, at the very top of the country in Acadia, which means we've officially made it to all four corners of the U.S., which is fun. Um, so, Brandon, how is, uh, how's the, the weather out there in Oklahoma? Has it started to warm up yet? Because it's just barely started to warm up here in Maine. It actually had started to warm up probably a few weeks ago. Uh, it, it was it was a mixture of it, it's like winter was still trying to you know to, trying to make a stand, but spring actually kind of took over. So we've got uh, partly cloudy skies right now. It's, yeah. it's warm out, uh, sixty to seventy degrees. So it's it's good. Our our last couple of drives, um, I think it's the cottonwoods. They have all the little white poofs that fly off of them, and it's like you're driving through clouds of pollen and other things. <laughs> And our, yes, uh, our red car was was green the other day because um, it was just covered in pollen. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're we're at that point in life, which is, you know, I love spring. I love summer. I'm really looking forward to uh, this summer being actually outdoors a little bit more than last summer with our pandemic. So hopefully uh, we'll get to do a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, so what I want to do real quick, Brandon, is um, introduce you for our audience who may not know who you are. Um, and then we'll get in and start talking about your story. So. Brandon is an IT guy turned entrepreneur, um, and you own GetSOPs.com, where you make digital procedure manuals for business, which is uh, a little bit of a heartthrob of mine, um, secretly. Um, so, and you set up systems in your business, and you hired a small team to run them, and it freed you up to start your newsletter in August 2020 called Recipes for Business, where you talked about building a business that could run without you. Um, uh, whenever you need it to. And the content for recipes for business is based on what you learned from get SOPs from clients over the years. So with that sort of brief introduction, why don't you start off and tell me 
what you're known for, right? Um, what's your business like now? Who do you serve? What do you do for them? Yes. So we, uh, I am known for helping people basically duplicate themselves. Um, and I'm going to touch on that more when we get into the superpower part, <laughs> but I help people delegate, automate, yeah. outsource and scale what they do in their business um, so that they can be their most productive selves, be productive instead of busy, free up extra hours in their week. Um, and generally um, be able to have a higher quality of life because they have more time to do the things that make them happy, fulfilled, or more productive. So uh, it's, it's, it's entrepreneurs, it, I, it's typically business owners, but also business managers. Even if you have a team, a rock star team member or two, we help them delegate what they need to do, help them learn how to maybe outsource or automate something that they do so they can stop wearing so many hats and stop spinning so many plates. And it gives you an opportunity to keep your team members on the same page. Uh, there, are, there are numerous benefits that come out of it, but that's, that's what we're known for is helping people delegate, automate, outsource, and scale. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And I know it's one of the things that I always talk to my clients about is you need to learn how to create systems and then how to document those systems um, in in a, you know, scalable, powerful ways, because it's what, it's what makes the difference between being, um, if you're familiar with any of the rich dad, poor dad stuff, being an S type business owner and a B type business owner is having those systems and having them well documented. Absolutely. Yes. That's actually part of my story. Rich dad, uh, rich dad, poor dad in particular is that specific book is actually what gave me the, the epiphany, I guess I should call it that let me know that, uh, that, that there's more than one way to, um, to uh, move forward in life. So it's, it was really eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I was like nine or 10 when my dad gave me that book, um, yeah. changed my whole outlook on, on the world. And, you know, you ever see those Facebook posts for like, what would you, you know, if you were doing your childhood dream job, what would you be doing? And it's like, I'm doing it because <laughs> as a kid, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's where, where we're at. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to get in and talk about your methodology for systems and processes um, as it's, uh, it's super cool. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about how you got to be um, an entrepreneur, right? Um, we talk on this show all the time about your origin story, right? Every good comic book hero has an origin story. Um, and it's the thing that made them into the hero they are today. Were you born a hero? Were you bit by a radioactive spider that made you want to get into, uh, you know, outsourcing and teaching people how to build processes? Or did you start in a job and eventually become an entrepreneur? Basically, where did you come from? How'd you get here? So I am actually an only child. I was born and raised in Georgia as an only child uh, raised by my uh, mother. My mother and father uh, got divorced in, um, when I was eight years old. And my father was in IT and my mother owned her own business. And her business was a travel agency. Now, this was before the internet. So this is actually when you walked into the office to book your, uh, to book your flights, to book your travel, yeah. you would go into her office and you would meet with her. And at the time, uh, mom had become a single mom and she would invite me into, she would bring me to work with her um, many times. And I would just sit in her, her sitting area, her lobby area, and I would sit on the floor and I would play with my Ninja Turtle toys. <laughs> I had this uh, Ninja Turtle blimp speaking of superheroes. I had- Did you have the pizza shooter? Yes, I did. Yes. And, uh, but I have, I think that my favorite- Love the pizza uh, shooter. Oh my gosh, it was it was just it was just classic, and I just loved playing with the action figures. And my favorite piece was the turtle blimp. 
Uh, for those who might remember that day, the, the Ninja Turtles flew around in a blimp. It was it was really cool. So I had my turtle blimp on the floor while mom is over on the other side of the room working with clients. And this was my first taste of what small business is like from the owner's perspective. Um, because, you know, we, we patronize businesses, obviously, you know, when I was growing up, you know, you go, you go out to eat or you go, uh, shop for your clothes or, or whatever, but this was my first opportunity to see what was happening on the other side of the transaction. But I didn't really understand Mm -hmm. what I was seeing at the time, you know? So, um, what happened when the, when the internet came around is it basically wiped out mom's business because it, it just, it just made it. It just made it inefficient and nobody was walking into an office to book their travel anymore. So mom had to shut down her travel business and she ended up getting a regular job again. Fortunately, she had a background in sales. So most of her jobs were sales jobs in various industries. And she was able to take the the sales skills that she developed when she had her business, she was able to take into her into sales jobs. So she always did well financially, um, but she always wanted to get her business back going. Meanwhile, dad was in IT, so I didn't really understand how to do what mom was doing with both of these influences in my life, Her with, uh, with dad being in IT and mom being a business owner. I didn't know how to do what mom was doing, so I went into IT myself. Now, while I was in IT, I was studying entrepreneurship because I, I was bitten by that bug, obviously, at an early age. I studied entrepreneurship. I tried to study other successful people like mom people who, why did they start a business? What's it like to run a business? What does it mean? You know, how do you serve people in that capacity? So meanwhile, I went to college to do IT because that's what, that was the safe, secure thing. You know, that I I chose IT because, you know, obviously it was a, it was a popular growing industry. And I knew that I'd always have a safe and secure job in IT, but there's always that part of me that wanted to be an entrepreneur and start a business and, pursue that type of freedom, you know, make your own hours and, and decide and choose who you're going to serve all of these things. So as I was studying that, and I was doing, um, I was doing it, I made the decision when I was, uh, when I was in college that I was going to move to Oklahoma. And the reason that I moved to Oklahoma from Georgia was because this is where my wife is from. I, uh, actually met her online back when meeting people online was different. Uh, it wasn't, um, it wasn't cool yet. It wasn't cool yet. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so we uh, we had a chance to. My wife and I had a chance to build our relationship on communication, a foundation of communication, because I was five states away. You know, we met online and we'd get on we'd get on the phone back when people would talk on the phone for hours, and that's what we'd do. <laughs> so, as an only child, I made the decision to move out here to Oklahoma, and um, it was easier for me to uproot. And do that. So I came here, but I didn't know anyone when I came here. I knew her family members and some of her friends, but I didn't know anyone. So I got an IT job here, but I still wanted to be an entrepreneur. I still wanted to do that. Like, how do I get closer to that? Up to that point, I had been reading books, uh, biographies of entrepreneurs, going to the public library and checking out books and and things like this. But I didn't know. I'd, I'd like to actually sit in a room with them and connect with them. So through the power of the internet, I found a website called meetup.com. Meetup.com, for those who are not familiar, is a place where you can can get together with like minds. And it was about that time that I was reading, um, years before I had started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is what helped me go from 
I don't think I can do what mom does to, I want to know how to do what mom did. I want to know how to be an entrepreneur because that's possible for me. I can make my own hours. I don't have to be in the nine to five grind. I don't have to work the, uh, I don't have to work 40 years of my life to retire on 40% of my income. I don't have to worry about those things. I can actually choose my destiny and have financial freedom and have freedom of time. So armed with rich dad, poor dad, and then getting on this website, this meetup.com, I found a group of entrepreneurs that meet here locally. And I decided to just go. I never met these people before. They were all strangers to me. But what we had in common was that they were doing what I wanted to do. So I walked into this room and I, and uh, it, it was a coffee shop, actually. I walked up to the table and I said, Hey, I'm Brandon. And they had welcomed me with open arms, had me sit down and introduce myself. Hey, I'm Brandon. I am interested in entrepreneurship. I want to learn what I want to learn and, and, and go from there. And then I, I just became part of this community all of a sudden, this community of like minds. So now yes. I had peers and I had guidance about how to get where I wanted to go. And they were filling in the gaps that mom couldn't fill in for me years prior. And I started understanding, piecing together what mom did with those books that I read. And now I'm in the room rubbing elbows with people who were doing what I wanted to do. So I, so I was still doing IT as my full-time job, but Rich Dad Poor Dad inspired me to start a side business. And I, so I worked full time and ran my side business on nights and weekends. Well, one night I realized I had started a pattern and it's the same pattern that a lot of us start when we get into our businesses. Now, most of us, including me, don't see this pattern until it's too late, or we're trapped inside of it with seemingly no way out. And that pattern was doing everything myself. So in my business, yeah. I was the sales guy. I was the IT guy. I was the accountant. I was the customer service rep. I was the legal counsel. I was all of these different things. I wasn't just doing what I was good at. I was also having to put on all these extra hats and nobody prepared me for that when I got into business. And I didn't realize I was wearing too many hats until I realized what little time I had left in my day. And since I have the same 24 hours in a day as everybody else, something had to change, but sacrificing more sleep, more sleep than I was already sacrificing was no longer an option. So meanwhile, at my full-time IT job, we had this checklist to track our daily procedures. So I would complete a task. Someone would review my task and put their initials on the checklist. Someone else would complete a task. I'd review their task and put my initials on the checklist. A few weeks later, it hit me that I need a checklist in my business because that way, if I ever want to hire help, they'll know exactly what to do, the way that I do it, and the results will be just the same. A lot like a, it's kind yeah. of like a recipe, you know? So I wrote one of my daily activities. I wrote one of my uh, processes on a sheet of paper, step one, step two, step three. And then through the magic of the internet and Facebook, I hired somebody on Facebook and I sent them that sheet of paper. So a week passes and hours of freed up time. So a week later, basically hours of freed up time later and $50 later to pay this person, that task got completed pretty much to perfection without me having to lay a hand on it. 
So not only had I just created a job for somebody, but I got my time back in the process. You know, so weeks into this, I'm thinking, what if I do this for other businesses? So I started writing operating procedures for other businesses and helping them manage their workflow. Um, and for those not familiar, there are some people that aren't familiar with the term operating procedure. It's a fancy term for recipe, basically. You know, a recipe has ingredients, amounts, yeah. and instructions. Well, the same thing is true of what happens in your business. You have ingredients, amounts, and instructions. So I started writing people's recipes for their businesses. And eventually I turned that into a business called getsops.com. I created my own systems and then hired a small team to run the operation in my place, which eventually freed up my time to start the recipes for business newsletter in August of 2020, where I teach people to do what I did. And that's how I got here. <laughs> that's awesome. And I love, I have a, I have a similar story with uh, hiring my first, uh, my first employee um, whose name is Mark. He's wonderful. Um, and he'll be listening to this, which is why I mentioned him. Um, cause he does, he does the uh, post-production or helps with the post-production on these podcasts. Um, but I was, um, in a mastermind, um, this couple of years back now. And, um, one of the other entrepreneurs, um, who was there after we get up and shared all of our stuff and our procedures and everything we were doing for the last year and what our plans were this next year, he pulls me aside and says, you, your own bottleneck in your business. If you want to grow the thing you need to do next, you need to hire someone. Um, and I remember, and he's like, and take these processes that you've been building for yourself and give them to your team members. And I was like, I remember thinking at that time, um, cause I hadn't hired anyone yet that I couldn't do that because I didn't have the money to do it. And I was like, I don't have the revenue to afford someone. And he was like, you don't understand you need to hire someone. He's like, I know you don't get it yet. Just trust me, do it. Hire someone, hand off these things. And I was like, and I remember vacillating over it for like two months. Um, and I was like, I just can't do it. I can't afford it. Finally, I bit the bullet and I hired someone full time. Um, actually, I think I hired him part time for the, the first month. Um, and then um, what happened was all of the stuff that needed to get done, got done. And I had more time. And like, you realized suddenly, not only did he pay for himself, um, but it freed up our time. We actually made more money than it yeah. cost to hire them. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Right. <laughs> um, Cause we got more done in the same amount of time. Cause now instead of my 40 hours a week, we had 80 hours a week going towards the same, um, the same tasks and outputs. So we got a lot more done and were able to generate more revenue and pay yeah. for ourselves. So it was like this light bulb moment yeah. that, Hey, if I have other people, and I have recipes and you put those together, you have, you have a, you know, a B quadrant business to put it in rich dad terms. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. That's well, well stated. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's such an eye opener as you saw. And as you felt, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely changes your business. And now um, my organization is still small. We got, I think four people between myself and our, our staff, but anyways, it's, it's allowed us to grow a lot because of what we do um, and having those systems in place. So if you're listening to this and you haven't got to the point where you're starting to get your own SOPs written and put in place and then actually implementing them, it's a huge, huge benefit. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about your superpowers, which I think will probably tie directly into getting these SOPs um, written and whatnot. Uh, but yeah. you know, every iconic hero has a superpower, whether that's a, a fancy flying suit made by a genius intellect or the ability to call down thunder from the sky, um, or super strength or whatever it is in the real world, 
heroes have what I call a zone of genius, which is either a skill or a set of skills that you were born with or developed over time that really energize all of your other skills. Right. right. So it's what sets you apart and what allows you to help your clients come out on top in their journeys. Um, and the way I like to frame it for my guests is if you look at all the things that you've um, gotten good at over the years, right, all the skills that you've acquired, there's probably a common thread that sort of ties them all together. Um, and that common thread is where you find your superpower. So with that sort of framing, what do you think your superpower is in your business? In general, I would say it's the ability to duplicate people. So I can give an example. My very first client was a construction company out of New Jersey. And they sent, a, they sent me a video of their, their contractors working in the field. And they asked me, hey, can you write operating procedures or recipes off of a video? And I said, I don't see why not. So I put on a headset and I watched their video and uh, listened to their video. And I had this template that I used to write people's recipes. Um, and I was typing up their recipe as I was watching it. So a contractor would do something, they'd, they'd lay down a plank or whatever it is, and I'd type up that part of their process. And then the next thing they do is maybe they would, they would uh, nail the plank down, and then I'd type that into part of the process. And that gave me the ability to see um, to see in action what the, what the actual recipe was. I got to watch them put the ingredients together and, and mix them together and things like this. And that gave me the ability to, I, 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 yes, I was writing recipes for people, but I didn't really have a process for that. I was kind of just, every client was different and I was kind of just, just kind of, um, it wasn't quite as organized, but what this gave me was since I could take a recording of what they're doing, I didn't have to have them explain the process to me. I didn't have to have them re-explain it to me. I didn't have to interview anybody. I didn't have to shout out their team members. I was able to watch this video. If I had a question, I press rewind on the video. And that video gave me all that I needed to actually document what they did, write their recipe, write their procedure. And this gave me the ability to duplicate them with almost seamlessly. And this became my recipe for writing recipes, if you will. You know, so that was, yeah. that gave me the ability to say, okay, here's exactly what this person does. Here's how they do it. Here's the order that they do it in. And now you've got this written in, the, in that case, this written recipe that you can hand to anybody. Okay, good. So person A does this in this order. Here's it all. Here's all of it written down. You take this and now you can go do the same thing. And that it occurred to me, it's like, I just, I was able to duplicate that person. I was able to duplicate that contractor by you know, by telling somebody else exactly what's in that contractor's head, exactly what that contractor's, um, exactly what that contractor's habit is and how they do things and in what order. And once I realized that I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this for other clients too. The same way I'm serving your unique needs as a client, but I can do it in the same way as I do for other clients, if that makes any sense. And that's why I like to say I was able to create a procedure for writing procedures or create a recipe for yeah. writing recipes. And that's where the basis of everything I've been able to do in my business and for other clients' businesses and for subscribers to my newsletter, that, that's been the basis of, of all of these different things. It's like, we are, we're, able to, we're able to duplicate the head chef so the sous chefs can, can just, you know, <laughs> they can put out just as good a dish as the head chef can. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like that. 
And uh, that's when things really clicked for me. Um, and, and that's where it came together that that is what, that's the common thread. Like it doesn't matter how different your industry is, how different your business is from business A or B, I can duplicate you or I can help you duplicate yourself, if you will, um, or your managers or any of your team members. Like the, it's, it became this, it became this system that created more systems. And it was just, it became this beautiful machine. Yeah, I can tell we're going to nerd out together at some point because I've got a I've got a whole Trello board process that goes from beginning to end that uh, we use to document processes. So we can take recorded videos and take them through transcription and step writing and screenshots and all the way through to um, you know quality review and published into a uh, SOP library for ourselves and for our clients and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's a whole it's a whole system it's a whole process for creating processes yeah um and i think that's it's a it's a genius thing to have in your business um, but to also know someone who knows how to do it um is a huge huge asset um and anyways it's uh it's it's powerful when you realize that most um, most of the things in your business if you can get them systematized um and you can get them documented um then you can put people in those places, which allows you to do a number of things. It allows you to scale. Um, it allows, so you can actually like spend money on advertising and grow without like, worrying about your business exploding. Cause you know, you can put people into new positions um, and, and spin them up quickly. Um, Cause you've got the training already done. Um, and it allows you to do a, a lot of things um, when you have, have that stuff in place. So anyways, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's a cool superpower to have. Um, and I don't know, I, I was trying to think of uh, one of the Marvel characters that replicates themselves and I couldn't off the top of my head um, think of any of them. But anyways, that's, that's I, I know I've got a picture in my head, but I can't remember their name. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, um, what is it? Is it the, my, my kids were playing uh, Kirby the other day and yes. Meta Knight does that. Um, which is yeah. like the bad guy Kirby, like he right. when they're doing the boss battle with them, he like he replicates himself into like five or six different Kirby's or yes, different yes. Meta Knights, and you have to like figure out which one's the real one. Like it's like yeah. it's it's superpower. That's a nemesis power. But anyways, same kind no, of thing. Sure. Yeah, I saw Doctor Strange uh, do it one time. So and that was with the aid of a, an Infinity Stone. But I saw him do that one time. So yeah, <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Okay. So I want to talk about okay. the. Uh, the flip side of your superpower, which is your fatal flaw, mm -hmm. right? And just like every Superman has his kryptonite or Wonder Woman can't remove her bracelets of victory without going mad, yeah. you probably have a flaw that's held you back in your business, right? Something you struggled with. For me, it was a couple of things. It was perfectionism, right? That kept me from actually shipping product and actually bringing things to the market. Um, or another one for me was early in my entrepreneurial career was lack of self-care, which, you know, sort of came out in not having good boundaries with my clients and letting them walk all over me, right? Stuff like that. Um, but I think more important than what the flaw is, is how have you worked to overcome it? Um, so people who are listening might learn a little bit from your experience. I spent most of my life being a dreamer instead of a doer. And that has, it has its benefits when you're a kid and you're growing up. And, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us or our peers had the story of, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. I want to be, um, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. I want to be a rock star when I grow up. And mine was, I want to be an entrepreneur when I grow up. And I kept, um, I, I think a lot of what, uh, a lot of what that, what that was rooted in was procrastination 
once I learned what I wanted to do, I tried to, I think I had that too, where I was a perfectionist. I tried to plan it out and map it out because doing what we do, we're process thinkers. You know, we think in terms of systems and we think in terms of processes. That's how our eyes see the world. And for me, I was trying to plan out if I'm going to take an action, if I'm going to take an action, I would plan it out before I take it. What's the outcome going to be? If it doesn't work right, what's going to happen here? How do I prepare for that? I'd be thinking about all of those things. And, and, you know, I, I had these, I had these, um, you know, I had these visionary thoughts on a lot of occasions, but I never acted on them or I never saw them through or better yet. I never took the first step. And I think that uh, procrastination cost me years of what would otherwise have been success. Um, I could have gotten a lot of the trials and tribulations that I've been through as an entrepreneur. I could have gone through them sooner, gotten past them sooner. I could have failed faster, learned from those failures faster, and therefore succeeded sooner and been further along. Um, but I didn't, uh, what it took for me to overcome that was, um, <laughs> as hard as it is for somebody like me to do, what it took for me to overcome that was to think less process less, you know, take, take more action. And then I can, I can sort it out later. I remember a term that a mentor told me about called minimum viable product. You had just given an example yeah. of, you know, you, you're a perfectionist. So that kept you from like bringing products to market and, and, uh, and actually, you know, getting out there. That's what that reminds me of. Like, if you have an idea for something, put it out there, test it, you know, talk to people about it create a, a draft of it and show it to people. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect and bulletproof before you put it out there. It becomes perfect and bulletproof as it's out there and as it takes some hits and as it gets a chance to touch the market and people can give you feedback and that feedback is how you can make it bulletproof and all of these, all of these amazing things. And the sooner that I learned that, the sooner that I started advancing, I guess I should say, um, which was a hard thing to do because I was wired to dream instead of do. I was wired. Well, let me back up. I was wired to dream more than do, I should say. I was wi wired more to dream than do. And when I started flipping that and I started taking action instead, in spite of fear, in spite of self-doubt, just, just go do it and you can clean it up later. Um, that's exactly what happened with the recipes for business newsletter. When I started it last year, it was rough. It didn't really, I didn't really have an identity behind it. I had to develop that as I went along and thank goodness I had subscribers that were with me early enough to be patient with me, <laughs> but it was yeah. the same thing with getsops.com. You know, that was, there was no blueprint for that. You know, nobody had already done it before. So I, you know, I kind of just had to put it out there and, and sharpen it as I went. And that was the best lesson for me. Don't wait. You know, just it will, if you're a perfectionist, the perfection will come, but you need to take the first step. Don't try to seize the perfection first. It will come after you've taken the necessary steps. So that would be, yeah. I call that uh, learning to be a parachute builder. Yes. Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, is jump off the cliff and learn to build a parachute on the way down. Yes. Um, <laughs> Right. Cause that's yeah. the way we, we look at a lot of our decisions of business is like, it's a risk. We're jumping off the cliff. Right. Um, and we, uh, uh, as entrepreneurs, we have to get really good at that whole parachute building experience, right. Building the, uh, building whatever it is that we're doing. Um, so that 
our stuff survives and doesn't crash into the ground and burn. Um, and what's interesting is I think one of the things you're talking about is like the minimum viable product is I think at least for us perfectionists, um, we get caught up in the idea that our product is an automobile and not like a software program. Right. Um, and you know, like the automakers, they like people's lives are at risk. Right. Right. And if they don't have the steering right and they don't have the onboard computer, right. And they don't have all the things, right. People die. Right. Um, chances are though, that's not your product. That's not your service, right? If you don't do it like a hundred percent accurate the first time that you bring it out, it's, it's not going to, people aren't going to die from it. Um, And so you see that all the time in the software world where, you know, Apple released their latest iOS, you know, update and version, what was it? 13 just came out. And like within two weeks, they released version 13.1 with a bunch of bug fixes. Because, you know, once they got it in front of a bunch of people, they're like, oh, this doesn't work right. Fix that. This doesn't work right. Fix that. That kind of thing. The overwhelming majority of our products and services fall into that category. And you can iterate and improve as you're going on. Um, And, you know, if you're in the space where you're dealing with people's lives, absolutely feel free to be a perfectionist. We appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know. (laughs) But, you know, to to your point, I think most, most of the time, you're never, your product's never going to be ready for market, right? right? There is only bringing it to market and finding out what can be improved and what can be iterated upon. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about your actual business then um, and the people that you serve, right? And uh, we call this your common enemy, right? And every superhero has an arch nemesis. And it's a thing that you're constantly fighting against in your world, right? So in the world of business, it takes on a lot of forms, but generally speaking, we put it in the context of your clients, right? So the people that are hiring you to build your SOPs and it's a mindset or it's a flaw that you're constantly having to fight to overcome so that you can actually get them the result that they hired you for, sure. um, right? And so with that sort of, you know, what do you, what do you think your arch nemesis is, the thing that you constantly have to fight against in your world? Oh, wow. Um, I would like to... Uh... It is, I don't know that there's one word for it, but I would say, um, I would say uniqueness. No two clients are the same. Um, even if they're in the same industry, I, I, now I will say to that, that if they are in the same industry, um, my team and I have enough experience writing people's recipes that we know commonalities in an industry. We know if client A and client B are mm. in the same industry, there are going to be things about them that are alike. And it's the things about them that are different that we need to worry about. When we're talking about across industries, various industries, because, and I say this because we've served clients in the digital marketing space, in construction, in finance, in real estate. Um, and it's, it's been uh, so that that... I think being able to, this recipe for writing recipes that I created, you know, how, how, can I, how can I make sure that we serve all of these clients with the same level of service while embracing their differences? How can we help them yield the same result, which is duplicating themselves and their people while, um, again, while embracing their specific needs? Because when I think about the, uh, the ultimate goal in order to get us to the ultimate goal, we can't reinvent what we do for each client because then there's, there's not, you don't have, you're just, 
you just don't have the you just don't have the system and you don't have the capacity for that because you know one week you're working more hours than the other or one client may require more resources and, and more commitment than the other and everything and it could be different entirely different the next week so i would say the main the main thing the main enemy is uh uniqueness uh and and, and diversity among clients if that makes sense yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, one of the things that I tell all of my clients. We do uh, um, uh, we do a lot of work in the web development space because um, we talk about building heroic brands. And one of the things that goes into building heroic brand is having the website for your brand. Yes. And uh, I have a template we use, and the template has the same bits. Like they're always there. Always there's always going to be a homepage. There's always going to be an about page, right? There's always going to be a blog, and there's always going to be a certain like set of things that you cover, and the, analogy I always give my my clients is like it's like a house every house you go into has a front door and they all have walls and they all have windows and they all have rooms and a kitchen and bathrooms and a garage um, and like windows and that kind of stuff so like all that stuff is in every house and so you have that skeleton of a process or you have that skeleton of a thing that you do and what you come in on top of it is that's where you bring the uniqueness in on top right and you come in and you do your furniture selections and your paint and your art and your, your life comes in and makes the house into a home. Yes. Um, and like, that's, that's, that's the analogy I always give people. It's like, Hey, your website is going to start off looking like everything else. Cause you have to have the same framework, right? You're going right. to have navigation and you're going to have a homepage and an about page. It's all going to be there, but we're going to come in on top of it and we're going to put your style onto it. Right. You're going to put your copy and your products and services and your, um, your fonts and photography and that, and that's what makes it yours. Yes. But the structure is yes. always the same. Yes. Um, anyway, so that's, it's an interesting thing to have to both deal with from a, uh, you know, hiring or having clients hire you, um, like teaching them that and making sure they understand it, but then also like implementing that in reality is making sure that, you know, you actually are getting that uniqueness on top of the skeleton because the skeleton's always there. Yes, absolutely. Well said. Yes. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing because like people like the, the problem I think is people is not a lot of people are capable of seeing potential. Right. So seeing what something could be, they see what it is now. Sure. Right. Um, and so when you're talking about something that has a formula, they see, they see the basics, they see the structure, right. They see, you know, whatever it is, they, they don't see what it's going to be in the future. So it's, it's really hard to help your clients sort of see where you're taking them even though you're following a formulaic process. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. No, it absolutely anyways. does make sense. And that's, <laughs> I that's totally get it. Right. Yeah. And that's the reason that when we started, when I start, like when I'm talking to clients or talking to potential clients, I don't talk about the nuts and bolts. I don't talk about, this is the structure we're going to make. I don't talk much about, Hey, we're going to set up this process and this. I tell them, I talk to them about outcomes. The outcome will be, you can take a vacation for a couple of weeks and your business mm -hmm. will have grown in your absence. The outcome will be your, um, your administrative assistant will know exactly what's going on with your customer service reps and vice versa, and they can communicate freely. Your outcome will be, hey, you're about to have 10 more hours freed up in your week because you don't have to do all these things anymore. And that's something that I had to learn. That was another thing that I had to learn in the process. It's like, if I can talk to them about the outcome and help them focus on the result, getting there is getting there. That's where our structure can come in but I want their mind on the outcome. I want yeah. their mind on the results. Yeah. Yeah. I always, uh, I always talk about uh, living life in the promised land. 
Yeah. Right, so you have, you have to sell, you have to sell life in the promised land, even though they got to cross the crocodile infested river to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that. Yes. They want to talk about life in the promised land afterwards. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so if your common enemy is the thing you fight against, then your driving force is what you fight for, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you fight for at Get SOPs? What's your mission, so to speak? To help people build scalable businesses that create jobs and give them their time back. That's the mission. I like it. It is that's super simple and i love i love the uh particularly the scalable part really makes me happy um because oh i know a lot of the uh, the businesses that i work with um and people that i run into on a regular basis the the struggle they have with their business is that it takes it takes everything from them right right and we, that's not the reason we become entrepreneurs right we become entrepreneurs because we have a value we want to give to the world and we want to have the freedom that goes along with bringing that. Um, and if you don't learn how to build that scalable portion of your business, you don't get either of those things. You're not really scaling the value you can give to the world. Um, and your business is taking everything from you. It's taking your time and it's taking your money and that kind of stuff. Um, and I really love the, just what you're doing for businesses is really, you're helping shape them into, you know, value engines essentially that right. run with, <laughs> you know, that can run on their own. Right. That's the goal. That that's that so. because that's what I wanted for myself. And that's what I saw that mom had. And I was like, I can't, we can't be the only ones who want this and come to find out that's what we all want <laughs> in entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. That's what we all want. Like we have, we have something we want to do to help the world and we want that to help us. You know, we want to get compensated well for it. Yeah. Um, and when you raise both of those, like raising both of those up at the same time, um, it requires systems and processes, yes. um, which is, you know, sort of why I've become obsessed with them and why you build a business around it. So um, it's uh, it's very cool. So I want to talk a little bit about how you do some of this stuff, right? Sure. Um, so we call this your hero's tool belt, and it's the practical portion of our show. Um, and you know, just like every superhero has their uh, their tool belt with awesome gadgets like batarangs or web slingers or laser eyes. Yes. Um, I talk about the top one or two tools that you couldn't live without in your business to do what you do. Right? Could be anything from your notepad, your calendar, your marketing tools, something you use for your actual product delivery, something that you think is essential to getting your job done to actually building the SOPs you build for your clients. This is uh, this is uh, centered around product delivery, actually. So it's two tools. One is our website. And then the second tool is what we call our online portal. So here's how this works. First of all, with our website, our website explains what, uh, who we serve and what we do for them. And it also allows clients to order our service as well. So they can order right there on the website after they've watched my story and how we started the business. They can see everything that we do. They can see our past work. They can see samples of our work. They can see the sequence in which we do the work. Plus, they can watch a short video, which explains the onboarding process. And this process has actually, excuse me, that video, I should say, it's actually allowed us to teach clients to self-onboard, which has worked amazing wonders for the business. So our website is one of those essential tools. The second essential tool is what we call our, our, uh, our client portal. It's this online portal where people can submit any resources 
or documentation that we need to make their recipes, to do their processes for them. They log into this uh, portal, it's password protected, and then they submit anything that we need. We log into the portal, pull that information down, and then make their stuff, make their uh, their documentation, make their digital checklists, make their digital procedure manuals, and then upload them back into that portal. So now the clients just go back into that portal, download at their leisure, and they're on their way, if that makes sense. Awesome. What do you use for the portal? Like what software? It's called Process Street. Process Street. Uh, Process Street, nice. uh, for those unfamiliar, is workflow management software. Um, it allows you to create digital checklists. We use it inside of GetSOPs.com as well as on behalf of clients, if that makes sense. Yeah, we use uh, um, we use Trello for our processes, um, and we do something something really interesting that um, that I found really useful. So maybe this is helpful for you and when you're building processes. Um, but because Trello is project management, right? So you take a task from from to do to done inside of Trello, and you know the, each each uh, workflow that you have has several processes, and those processes generally will have the checklists that go along with them. Yes. And so the checklist is generally, it's like the process you've written out, right? So it's got the step-by-step, -step, like here's the stuff that needs to get done. Um, and what we'll do is um, as a task moves from one place to the next, um, you know, which is generally whoever's in charge of accomplishing that thing in Trello, um, the checklist will pop up. And instead of just having a um, the, the actual checklist of like, you know, step one, do this, step two, do this, it's got the links to the SOPs um, for those things. Um, and so what that does is it does a couple of things for people, um, is it allows your project management to also be your personnel training. Um, yes. so you can take someone brand new and you could say, here is the task you need to do and you assign it to them. And the act of assigning to them also trains them how to do it. Um, yeah. and because they're just links, it also gets out of the way when someone gets familiar with the process. Yes. Right. So as they as it becomes a second nature process to them, they don't have to click the links and go and look at it. Um, but if they need to, it's always there. Um, so it's been super useful for for us building processes. That's my uh, my tip for anyone who's yes. listening on on how to sort of tie those two things together. Yes, wonderful <laughs> tip, and that's that's exactly right. That's one of the beautiful things about Trello. And interestingly enough, Process Street does the exact same thing. It just looks different, and this is how we've been able to train. That's a different like software. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the interface looks different and behaves differently. Um, but it's but it accomplishes the same thing where we've been able to train team members along with clients and manage their projects all with this resource. So it's really anybody needs that kind of tool in their tool belt if they have a business. Just in general, everybody needs that kind yeah, of tool. Absolutely. I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so interesting too, because it's one of the things like if you go back five, ten years project management wasn't great and wow. you know process documentation wasn't great and it's like you know you pull the 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 three ring binder off of the you know off of the shelf and open it up and like go through stuff to find the processes and nobody ever used them but now you can like have them like dynamically work together i um, mean yes. you do stuff today with your project management and your documentation where they tie together and they actually they can become so much more efficient um, and it's one of those things that like i think personally that building your sops and building your processes the way that you're describing or the way that i just talked about gives you a competitive advantage in the marketplace and if you don't actively start doing that now the companies who are doing that will 
you know, kick your ass in the future. Of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think, I think right now it's competitive advantage, but in a couple of years, um, it's going to be one of those things that like, if you're not doing it, you can't keep up. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So it's good to be uh, ahead of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to be ahead of that. I think you're in a good spot for, uh, um, for what it is you're offering people. That's really cool. Um, and I was just checking out your website and it looks like you've got like, it's all right there on the homepage. They can just check out right there and actually get their processes done. So that's super, uh, super cool. Um, and I love what you're doing. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So I want to uh, shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about your own personal heroes, right? Sure. So, you know, every hero has their mentors, just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad, um, or even Spider-Man had his uncle Ben. Um, so who were some of your heroes? Were they real life mentors, maybe peers who were a couple of years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business? The, it starts with my mother. And that's because that's where the entrepreneurial bug bit me. And that was my first exposure to it at an early age, again, when I didn't really understand what I was seeing and what I was being exposed to. So it started there. It continued with Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki would be the next one because that opened my eyes to this is something I could actually do. And I know the mindset that I need to adopt in order to pursue something like this. You know, so those would be my, those would be my top two. I've had many other um, superheroes and, uh, and mentors along the way. Yeah. Um, you know, but those, those two put me in the position where I could sit at the same table with a self-made millionaire and just have them, you know, talk to me like, it, you know, we're just, we're just at the ball game or something, just talking to me about business and try this. And I did this and, and, and do that. So it, it really, it, it just opened the doors for more of those types of relationships, I would say. Absolutely. Um, and it's always uh, surprised me too, at how, how consistent the answers are to that question. Um, Cause you'd think that it's, you know, there's wildly different things, but it's always, it's always, you know, parents or teachers or someone that like, if you asked them today, Hey, did you know you were Brandon's hero? The answer would probably be no. 
I, right. I didn't know I was a hero, but the, the, the reality is, is like, you're, you're in that, you're in, um, we all have our heroes. Um, and I remember one of the uh, catalysts for starting this show was a uh, mentor of mine who probably doesn't like, who couldn't even name me, wouldn't even know I exist in the real world. Right. Um, yeah. um, but I remember he was, he was speaking on stage. And one of the things he said was, Hey, when you grow up and you have children, your children are going to have a hero. And if you're not worthy, it won't be you. <laughs> wow. And I remember thinking to myself, I need to be the kind of person who's worthy of being a hero. Right. Um, and so it's, it's just that. Um, and so one of the things that surprised me about how consistent those answers are in, on, on this show is how everyone has people in their lives that are heroes to them. Um, right. And they're heroes without having sought out the being a hero, right? They just have that responsibility so to speak and so it's always just like a, a a simple reminder for me that hey you should always act in that way act act in act in a way that you're worthy of the influence you have on someone else's life right yeah that's always true and that that's how it works out they're not setting out to be our heroes it just so happens <laughs> it yeah. just so happens <laughs> it just so happens yeah super cool so i'm gonna talk a little bit about your guiding principles though Right. So one of the things that makes heroes heroic is that they live by a code. For instance, never kills his enemies. He only ever puts them in Arkham Asylum. So as we wrap up the interview, I want to talk about the top one or two principles you use regularly in your life. Maybe something you wish you knew when you first started out on your own hero's journey. Oh, man, those are good ones. I uh, mm. OK, I'm going to narrow this down. <laughs> um one of the first ones that I would say, it's actually rooted in, in everything that I do in business. It's that my goal is not to get everything done, but to have less to do. Not to get everything done, but to have less to do. I like that. Um, and then the other one is to, it's to dream less and do more. That's, that's the other one for, for me in particular. And I, I say that out loud for myself in particular, because still to this day, I have to remind myself that the dream will materialize faster if I take the steps toward it. Um, instead of planning the steps, take the steps. So that's, that, those are my two. I, I really like both of those. So dream less, do more. And so the first one was, was, have, was have less to do, right? Yeah, don't uh, don't um, don't try to get everything done, but instead have less to do. So, so talk to me a little bit more about that. How does that practically play itself out in your business? Just because I think that's brilliant. There was a principle that I learned from a book, and this book is called The One Thing. It's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. Gary Keller is the co-founder of Keller Williams yeah. Realty. So Definitely. one of the principles of the one thing, it, it forces you to ask this question. What is the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? What is the one thing okay. I can do such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary? Now you ask this question in any area of your life, depending on what you're challenged with at the moment. This could be in your relationships. This could be in your business. This could be with your finances. This could be with your spiritual life. It could be any number of things. As an example, um, for me and my business, I would, I would ask, what is, um, 
what's the one thing I can do in my business so that I no longer have to spend weeks shadowing people and their and, and have to drive around town to go to their offices and have to pick up a check and drive to the bank and also have to hold their hand through the onboarding process. What's the one thing that I can do that will make all of those other things easier or unnecessary? What's the one thing that I can do in my marriage that will make every other aspect of my relationship with my spouse easier and lighter and better and take it to a new level? What's the, what's the one thing that I can do to strengthen my relationship with God or the universe, whatever it is you believe in that I had to focus on that question. And I had to stop myself in so many cases and ask myself that question. What is my one thing? What is my one thing? Well, what that leads to is you end up clearing some stuff off of your plate that you thought was urgent, but maybe wasn't. You thought was important, but maybe wasn't. Maybe you can delegate some of that stuff. Maybe you can get rid of some of that stuff, mm-hmm. depending on what area of life you're dealing with. And that became that, that's why that became one of my guiding principles. It's like, I don't want to get everything done now. I don't want to have to address all of these different things all at once. And then, oh my gosh, if I, if I drop one of these plates that I'm spinning, let me go put this plate. Let me make sure that I'm, I don't have to be scatterbrained. It doesn't have to be chaos. I can focus on the one thing that will eliminate the need to spin the other plates or make the plates lighter or make it so that instead of spinning seven plates, I'm spinning three or two or something like that. So it really helps you focus on that. It really helps you hone in on, on the one thing. <laughs> That's why they called it the one thing. And it's, a, it's um, one of those get ask better questions, get better answers kind of things. Yes, absolutely. It sure is. Yeah. So, so just to repeat for the guys didn't hear it. Don't strive to get everything done. Strive instead to have less to do, which yes. um, I, <laughs> I, I really like that. I wrote that down. I'm going to stick that up somewhere just because um, that's really good. Um, so that that is essentially a a wrap on our interview. But I do finish every interview with a simple challenge. I call the Heroes Challenge. Sure. And it's a little selfish thing I do at the end of all of our episodes that hopefully get me access to stories I wouldn't find otherwise because not everyone's out looking to be on podcasts, sure. right? You're out on Pod it, you're looking for stuff, but not everyone is. Um, so the question is simple. Do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And why do you think they should come on our show and share their story? The first person that comes to mind for you. His name is Steve Fredland. Uh, Steve Fredland is the, he has many businesses, but he's the founder of what's called the small, small business community. Steve Fredland of the small, small business community. Last name is F R E D L U N D. And Steve created the small, small business community because he believes that strengthening and elevating small businesses will help strengthen and elevate small towns and cities and revitalize growth. And the economy from the ground up, um, and it's not just the it's not just the fact that, of course, small businesses are responsible for the employment of so many Americans, but it's also because you know it 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 allows small businesses are where we have our memories for where we went shopping and where we buy our groceries and where we buy you know and maybe going to the comic book store or maybe going out to a nice local restaurant. Those are small businesses, you know the whole shop small, uh, the whole shop small movement. Um, uh, or the small business Saturday or whatever, or whatever it may be. That's what the small, small business community was created to, to do. And the great thing about it is that the small, small business community is 
it's national. So it doesn't matter what city you live in, you can join this community and be a part of it and connect with people in other part of the, parts of the country. Steve also happens to be a, uh, uh, he also happens to be a, a successful business consultant, a speaker, a coach, successful entrepreneur himself. So Steve Fredland would be the one. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> So we'll, we'll reach out and see if we can uh, get an introduction to him and maybe we can get him onto the show. Maybe not, but we'll try either way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in comic books, there's always the crowd of people at the end of the story that are clapping and cheering for the acts of heroism. And so as we close, our analogous to that is I want to know where people can find you. Where can they light up the bat signal, so to speak, and say, hey, Brandon, I would love to get your help, um, you know, building SOPs. And I think more importantly than where is who are the right types of people to raise their hand and actually light up the bat signal and ask for your help? Yes. So uh, let me ask answer the second question first. The best people to light up the signal. <laughs> is are um, you are you have a business you may have a team maybe you've been in business for a couple of years and you have team you may have a team could be a small team of two or three it could be a team up to 15 or more but you're not on the same page nobody knows the recipes or some people have the recipes in their heads and they don't know how to share it with others or they refuse to share it with others um, you have, you have a lot of bottlenecks in your business as a result of this, and you need to remove these bottlenecks in order to free you all up scale. Um, you need to be able to delegate. You need everybody to be able to get on the same page. So those would be, those would be the ideal people. You're, you're wearing too many hats, whether you're an owner, manager, or team or a rockstar team member, you're just wearing too many hats and the communication is not flowing the way that it should, which means you guys can't move to the next level. I would, uh, I would ask that you visit recipesforbusiness.com. At recipesforbusiness.com, you can sign up for free and you will get uh, my weekly newsletter, which talks about how to delegate, automate, outsource, and scale what you do, no matter who you are in the business. And in addition to getting the weekly newsletter, you get access to me. The newsletter contains success stories, interviews with fellow subscribers, curated content, original content, tools and resources that you can use in your business. We also give you recipes that you can just download and implement in your business. You'll get some of those as well. So, and you can also connect with me on social media. Um, when you go to recipesforbusiness.com, you can scroll to the bottom and connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, but recipesforbusiness.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing your story with us today, Brandon. It is um, an excellent talking with you. And if you are in that space and you are looking to um, in, um, to be able to duplicate and scale yourself, definitely reach out to Brandon and get SOPs. because um, You can tell he's got a passion for this and um, knows what he's doing. And I can tell you personally from growing my own business and helping my clients do this, that it, it is, uh, it's a huge, huge step up and you don't realize what you're missing out by not having your standard operating procedures documented and put together in actual usable checklists for your business. It'll, um, it'll make you more profitable. It'll make you more competitive. Um, and it'll give you, you know, like you said earlier, more time to uh, go on vacation and come back to a bigger, better business. So Brandon, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience before I hit this uh, stop record button? Uh, yes. Uh, make the decision whether you want to own a job or own a business. A job, you know, owning a job, of course, you make your own hours and, you know, you have your business where you can make your own hours and do your own thing. But if you're doing everything yourself 
or you have a couple of people that are doing that are running the whole business, you won't be able to get unstuck from the business. The difference between owning a job and owning a business is a business is run by systems and systems are run by people. So I, I challenge, please make the decision whether you want to own a job or own a business. Absolutely. I, uh, I can feel that. That's one of the reasons why I can travel with my family and kids is because we made that decision to start shifting the job that I owned into a business and grow, grow systems and grow people. Um, and so we can travel and explore and do a lot of the things that we do because we've made that decision ourselves. And I absolutely um, second that, make that decision. Again, thank you so much for coming on today, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Richard. And thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you all.